Today we come to the next to last chapter in Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 15. And much like uh, the last um, two or three chapters, Paul is continuing his practical application of the theological truths he explained in chapters 1 through 11. So let's think about just a couple of points he makes. Number one, don't ignore the Old Testament. The Bible was written a long time ago, a really long time ago. And because of that, no matter how relevant the truths are that it contains, the world it describes in its pages in many ways seems so different than the world we live in today. And that's even more starkly apparent in the Old Testament uh, as opposed to the New. The world of the Old Testament is in so many ways so foreign to the world today that many people simply assume they can't understand the Old Testament and therefore avoid reading it. And they may stick to reading the Gospels or the letters of Paul, but they don't feel like they have any practical use for books like Ruth or Second Chronicles or Habakkuk. But early in Romans 15, Paul issues a very clear and unmistakable corrective to that kind of thinking. Paul tells us in verse 4 that whatever was written in former days, well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. Whatever was written in former days, namely the Old Testament, was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. The Old Testament, just as much as the New, was written down and preserved for our instruction still today. Because of that, we ignored the Old Testament to our own impoverishment. Most importantly, the Old Testament shows us all the promises and all the types and shadows that led to the coming of our Savior. Uh, but also encouraging are all the Old Testament saints who endured much and continued steadfastly in faith in the Savior who was still to come. We see the, the failures and the successes of God's people in the Old Testament, and we, we see God never leaving nor forsaking his people. And that, that's an encouragement to us still today. And if you don't want to take just Paul's word for it uh, here, that the Old Testament is still important for us today, consider what we find in Hebrews 11. And there we find an entire litany of, of Old Testament characters held up to us as a model of faith and living by faith in the character and promises of God. So take Paul's advice here and dig into the Old Testament. There is encouragement to be found in it. The other truth I want to point out uh, just for a moment, has to do with un unity in the church and the glory of God. Unity in the church and the glory of God. One of the most beautiful exhortations in the chapter is, is found in verses 5 and 6. There Paul exhorts the church in Rome saying, quote, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Clearly, the exhortation centers around all believers in the church living together in harmony, in unity. And there are three things that I would point out about this exhortation. First, notice the characteristics of God that Paul emphasizes in those two verses. He says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony he didn't say the god of grace or mercy or love or power or wisdom or any other characteristic he referred to god specifically 
as the God of endurance and encouragement. Now, why would Paul remind us of these characteristics of God in an exhortation to live in unity and harmony? Seemingly because it is often precisely these characteristics that we ourselves need in order to live in harmony and unity with one another. Because we are fallen and sinful people and we are prone uh, to allow others to offend us or hurt us or anger us or depress us or annoy us or any manner of other things. And in all of those moments, if instead of being offended, we commit ourselves to forgiving uh, for the sake of harmony and unity, if instead of being hurt, we commit ourselves to forgiving for the sake of harmony and unity, endurance and encouragement will be precisely what we need. Unity is not easy, but it is our calling and command, and it is worth it. Second, harmony is worth working for, not just because we're supposed to, because who could keep that up for very long, but because we know that Jesus is honored and glorified in his church when we do it. That's what Paul says here in verses 5 and 6. He tells the Romans that they are to live in harmony so that together with you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think Jesus is honored in a church where the people are cold toward each other and simply do not seem to like each other? Do you think that Jesus is honored in a church where there is constantly a fuss or a fight? Jesus is honored and glorified in a church where the people who name the name of Jesus love Jesus more than themselves and are willing to do everything necessary for the genuine harmony that brings him glory and honor in the church that he bought with his own blood. And third, finally, notice that while there are most definitely things that we can do in order to promote and maintain the unity in the church, as in choosing to forgive instead of uh, getting angry or offended, the bottom line is that unity and harmony is a sovereign work of God in the church. Notice that verses 5 and 6, while they are an exhortation to the church, is simultaneously a prayer to God. Paul says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live that way. It is something that he alone can give. And for that reason, harmony and unity in the church is not simply something for which we must work, but something for which we must pray. And I would also ask, how could Jesus be honored in a church that worked hard for unity and harmony and had achieved the appearance of unity and harmony, but believe that they did it all by themselves and give God no glory or credit for it? He wouldn't. Harmony is a gift of God that he gives when we ask precisely because it is in accord with Christ Jesus, as the verse says. And he grants the request through our efforts to put others before ourselves. And those are some important words from Romans 15.